thank you for the cross But on that day What seemed as the darkest of all in hope Broke through and shook the ground as you rose The light of all the world was magnified as you rose in victory And hallelujah it is finished Hallelujah it is done Hallelujah King forever And we thank you for the cross That was fantastic. Thank you for that. Good morning, everyone. I think I should have checked with Stu the chef. I mean, he's done it. He's nailed it, hasn't he? I mean, what else can you speak about on, on Good Friday but what he spoke about, which is what I'm going to speak about, which is why we're here. Like, it really is the victory weekend. That's all we get four days, isn't it? It's fantastic. Can I just say thank you very much? I've been here all of 16 days today, and I've been made very welcome by all of you. And I want to say on behalf of Bella and Fabs and Fee, you have made us feel welcome. Now, I'm going to have to ask that you'll hang in there as I get to know your names. I'm getting a few of them. Don't ask me last names, no, but uh, I'll, I'll get the first names. And then I'll get to your children. I'm sure I'm going to work through all of them, but there's so many of them. Man, you people are good breeders here. They're kids everywhere. And, you know, when they're little, they kind of look the same. Well, maybe it's my glasses, but, they, you know, they're all that, and they're blonde. And they're, and, and, oh, anyway, I'll get through that, okay? But my family does thank you, and, and we have been made welcome. It's been great. And what an important day to preach on. I mean, when Nathan said, do you want to preach on Friday and Sunday? I'm going, really? I've kicked the goal. I mean, what, you know, let's, let's talk about the important themes to Christianity. If you were talking about uh, a symbol or a sign for Christianity, you talk about the cross, don't you? You talk about an open tomb. 
It's the cross and the open tomb, the Friday and the Sunday. That is all about what we've been singing and what we're sharing as we lift our voices. It's important. Now, people have been joking, and I want you to know this, but they've said we're going to pull out cards and give you a rating out of 10 on your preaching. I'm asking you to keep the cards under the chair, Larissa, okay? No, I do mean, I think you should be listening to what I say, and maybe if you want, write it down, because you know what? I want the spirit to talk to you. In a, in a way, I've got to kind of get out of the way. I'm just the voice. I'm just the mouthpiece. And the Spirit of God has to speak to you. Now, he's got a word for you today, so you kind of have to listen through my voice, but you need to be listening to the Spirit within, the Holy Spirit, because he's going to tell you at least one thing that he wants you to live out. Okay? So I've kind of got to get out of the way. You're going to hear me, but the God has a word for you. And he has a word for you every time you meet with your brothers and sisters to talk about him. And, and as you meet by yourself in your own quiet times. Okay, so let me pray and we'll ask that that would be the case. Great God, we thank you. Father God, I pray that every one of us, even me, that we would look past me as it is, the voice, and we would hear the Holy Spirit speaking to us. Holy Spirit, we need to hear the voice of God. He's the one that changes us. You are the one that takes us from bondage, control, offers us freedom, but doesn't just offer us, gives us. And Father God, we want to hear that message today through the cross. Holy Spirit, speak loud, speak clear, and speak in words that we understand that we might respond. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Stu actually uh, spoke about this, Good Friday. I mean, Good Friday, what is that? It's a, it's a curious name that we actually give to today, I think. Very curious. I mean, if you know anything about history, it seems anything but good. Anything but good, if you know anything about what happened. I mean, it revolves around a man, and, and he was an innocent man. He was a strong yet gentle man. I mean, he was a carpenter. 30 years of his, uh, of his life, he spends working with timber and wood. And I can imagine the, the calluses on his fingers and the hands. And yet when he starts his ministry, he takes that strength and he applies the gentleness of who he is. He was a man that would, you'd especially want to be around. And that's shown by the crowds that flocked to see him. Wherever he was in the countryside, they would come. If Jesus was alive today, you wouldn't be in here. You'd be where he is. Because you don't want to listen to me. You want to listen to him. His name is Jesus. They all knew him and they all went to him. He was a man that constantly gave himself to others. He was never about himself. It was always about you. He cared about you. When he looked at you, he saw you. Now, that doesn't always happen with my relationship with my wife. I'm sad to say, you know, you'll hear it and you go, yeah, yeah, got that, and I've forgotten it before I even get those words out, you know? But when Jesus looked at you and talked to you, he connected, he saw you, and you saw him. And you had this connection. Now, whether it be his time, and he always had time for you, whether it be his food. 
Even if there was a lot of people, he'd take a few things and make it abundant. He fed you if you were hungry. Even life itself. I mean, you've only got to talk to Lazarus. Came back from the grave. You've only got to talk to the daughter of Jairus. Come back to life. And she did. Life is what he brings us. And we experienced it. Now, if you're a child, the disciples, you know, the 12 that hung around him were going, get away, get away, get away. You see, in those days, children were seen and not heard. And Jesus says, hold on, boys. Let the children come to me. Bring them to me. These ones are important for the kingdom, my kingdom. Let them come. The women, the women in society didn't hold a very high class in a Middle Eastern culture. Jesus had them on his team. He had them with him in his following. And the widowed, those who had lost, I mean, there was no social security in those days. If you were a widowed woman, you were outside of any kind of help. The government was not there to help you. Jesus said, you care for the widowed. He cared for the women. He cared for the poor. He cared for those who struggled in society. He cared for those who society had left behind. He brought them with him. He cared for the broken and the hurting. You know, those who were blind and those who were lame gave them sight, gave them legs. Get up and walk, he said. And they reached out and touched him. Just if I could touch this Jesus, I will be healed. I will be healed. And even the demon possessed, those who had you know, everything that's anti-God in them, he broke them free, got the demon out of them and gave them new life. Wow, I want to be around a man like this. And then there's just those who are lost. You know, those people that go... There must be more to life than this. Have you ever said that? There must be more to life than this. I've said it. Jesus was there for that. And how was he repaid? How was he repaid for all of this? He was hung on a cross to die a criminal's death. And then he was placed in a borrowed tomb. So if you were there, you would know how innocent he was that he did not deserve to die, that he was blameless. So how can we call this Friday Good Friday? What's so good about it? Well, I think it can be answered because the reference to good is not so much about the man, though he was perfectly good in all his ways, but it's more to do concerning what he did. You see... uh, Good is in reference to what his death on the cross has achieved us. So what do I mean by that? Well, I want to use an example. And what a relevant example we have for us, let's go this way, is this. It's the LifeGate vision statement. Now, all of you should know it, who come here. It should be part of your DNA. But I put it up there to see people live in the freedom and purpose that Jesus offers. That's the vision vision statement. Now we say Jesus offers people to live life in freedom and life with purpose. I want that. I want that because I know what it's like to live without purpose and I know what it's like to live in bondage. I want freedom and I want purpose. That's why I follow God. This statement therefore is true, but not just because LifeGate says it. Not just because 
it's a great statement to have on our sign at the front. It's true because Jesus makes it all possible. Jesus makes that statement possible. This vision statement, my friends, is an outcome of Good Friday. And Easter Sunday, where he got back up. See, Jesus is doing and dying on the cross that Friday some 2,000 years ago. He's laying down his life for you and me, has made our freedom and our purpose possible. That's why we celebrate today. No one has any hope of true freedom outside of the life of Jesus, outside of his death and his resurrection. You know, the Bible's very clear, very clear to tell us this. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. See, outside of Jesus, sin's got such a strong grip on us that we've all sinned and no one's perfect. That's the reality. But it goes on. He goes on and he says this, for the wages of sin is death. Now, you know what a wage is. Hopefully, if you've got a job, you expect that at the end of the week, or the fortnight, or the month, wherever you get it. A wage is a payment for what you do. The payment for your sin is your death. That's the wage. And because of our sin, we die. We die relationally. We, our families break down. We fight within our families. Our neighbours break down. We can fight with those across the fence and across the road and within our community. And in fact, doesn't it affect the whole world where countries fight against countries? Relationally, it breaks down. We die spiritually because of this. You know, on a big, wet, rainy, horrible, black, cloudy day, is the sun out? It is out, isn't it? Where is it? It's behind the big, black, rainy, dirty, big cloud. But what separates us? The cloud. I'm here, the sun's there, but the cloud's in the way. This is what our sin does. Sin separates. God's there. The problem with you and I is we can't connect because our sin has put the dirty, big, rotten, black cloud between us. That dirty, big, rotten, black cloud has to be taken away so we can see the sun. That's what Good Friday's about. And then we die physically. I know that every day I get up. Every time I go to the gym, it's harder and harder. My body is closing down as I get older. (laughs) We die relationally, we die spiritually, we die physically, and that's not freedom. That is not freedom. There's no freedom in death. We need a saviour. We need someone to save us from ourselves, from our sin. And that's why we remember and that's why we celebrate today. That is why today is called good, because we have a saviour. Sin separates you from God. Sin ties you up in knots. Sin keeps you in bondage to the things that you don't need or want. (laughs) But the good news, there's that word again. The good news. Because the good news comes out of Good Friday. The good news is this. Your sin can be dealt with through Jesus' death for you on the cross. 
That's the good news. Your sin can be dealt with by Jesus for you on the cross. That's the good news. That's Good Friday. Forgiveness can be yours today. Now, that's if you ask him for it. There's a couple of other little words that we use here at LifeGate, I've found. It's get real. And get real means to acknowledge that I am sinful. It means to confess. And to confess is to own up. It means to say, I am sorry, God, for what I do. Get real. And then take action. And there's this word we call repentance. And repentance means, you know, changing your way. You're going this way, turn and go this way. That's what God asks for us. Get real, take action. And then you'll be free to live in the blessing of what Jesus won for you on the cross. You see, having our sins forgiven brings freedom to our lives. And if you want freedom, you're going to have to seek him on that one. And it brings freedom from not just now, but also where we're going into the future. And he knows our future. And he knows what he wants for us. He has our destiny planned for us. And he wants us to move towards us, towards that. You know, Paul went on to say, and how good is this? I read it to you before. For the wages of sin is death, but... Now, don't we love Paul's but? (laughs) I, I mean... When he says, but, it is a free gift. Paul's but is the free gift. It's the free gift of God, which is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that a hallelujah? (laughs) I mean, I've got the free gift of God, which is eternal life in Christ Jesus, my Lord. That is awesome. That is what gets me through my day. We have a gift and it contains our freedom and our forgiveness. Today is truly good. And if you don't know about that, I'm going to ask you to think about, do you want it? And I want to talk to you if you don't know what I'm talking about. Now, for those of you who do know this truth and who are living in it, I want to talk quickly about this forgiveness. Over the past weeks, we've been doing roadblocks towards moving forward. I haven't been for all of them. I've been for three. I'm loving it. I want to get rid of those roadblocks in my life. The opposite of forgiveness, unforgiveness. Is that true? Yeah. Unforgiveness is a roadblock towards the freedom that Jesus has won for us. Now, you know if you're called by his name. You know if you walk under his grace. Unforgiveness towards someone who has hurt, offended or wounded you will stop you from living in the fullness of life. And right now the Spirit is talking to you because you know if you have unforgiveness in your life. Let's just watch a video, just a quick one. What happens if you forgive? Many of us are being hindered from our destiny because we're being held hostage by a leash around our souls called unforgiveness. And that leash keeps jerking us back. Maybe you were forsaken, neglected. It could be a multitude of things. 
Whatever it is, though, it's holding you hostage. Are you still seeking revenge? Today we want to see you set free. Nothing, and I mean nothing, will hinder you arriving at God's destiny for you like unforgiveness. Forgiveness, it is a decision to no longer credit an offense against an offender. Doesn't excuse it. It doesn't say you ignore it. I'm saying you have a providentially sovereign God who can overrule it and fulfill his purposes in spite of it and in fact use it for where he's taking it. See, when you have a view of God that he even uses the mess that messed over you to take you to your destiny, it enables you to help the guilty people to forgive themselves because God used their wrong to promote you the way he wanted you to be. I forgive so that I can move on. So don't let the fact that the person who has hurt you has neither asked for forgiveness, desired forgiveness, because you're not willing to be held hostage to the offense. And therefore, by an act of your decision, you release them. So you can keep going to your destiny. Unforgiveness is the roadblock that must be dealt with by everyone who calls the name of Jesus. As that video mentioned, freedom cannot be completely experienced if you're held back by the bondage of unforgiveness. Jesus told a very revealing story. Oh, back one. In that parable, the unforgiving servant. Now, I'm not going to read it out to you. It's quite long. But this parable is about unforgiveness. And how God deals with it and how he wants you to deal with it now. You see, the bottom line to this parable, without reading it out, is that you and I have received abundant forgiveness from the Heavenly Father concerning all the countless sins that we have committed through life. So you've got to go home and read this because he is going to speak to you through it. Therefore, since we've received complete forgiveness ourselves from God, we're to imitate him and forgive others of their sin against us. Paul says it this way, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Can't be any clearer, can it? So here's my question. How much are you to forgive others? How much are you to forgive others? Well, the answer is quite simple. There it is. As much as you have been forgiven. Which is how much? (laughs) It's everything. It's everything. I think it's actually interesting that Peter, who started this conversation with Jesus, Peter kicks it off and Jesus gives the parable, but Peter does this thing. He says, you know what, Jesus? When you forgive... I don't just forgive once, I forgive seven times. Now, you can just see him, seven times, seven times, Jesus. I'm pretty good, aren't I? Because the rule was really only three times. Well, he's going to double it and add one, seven times. Jesus' response is this. He turns around to him and he said, don't do it just seven times, Peter. He says, do it 70 times, seven times. Now, if you're any good with maths, you're up to 490 times. 
let me just say, I'm sure Jesus didn't mean that literal. If he meant it literally, he's fallen into the Pharisees' camp because that's what they did all the time. Everything's literal. What was Jesus saying by saying doing it 70 times 7? He's saying this one thing. He wants you to start forgiving it often as you can. You forgive as often as you can. Jesus wants us to be in the habit of forgiving. He wants you to be in the habit of forgiving. Why? Why does he want this? It's because we've had so many sins forgiven. You know, I was thinking, if you did just one bad deed a day and said one bad word a day and, did one, uh, and one, had one bad thought a day, it's three things, right? You maths people are loving this. Three things. Now, I think I'd probably do more, sad to say. Three things. Now, if I take those three things a day and times it by 365 days, what is it? I've got 1,095 sins. Now, if I take that over my life of 70 years, I think it's about par for the course, I've got 76,650 sins just on three sins a day. God's forgiven me for every one of them. God's forgiven you for every one of them. You can't hold one grudge against the person that's hurt you. Why? Because your untold sin has been forgiven. That's what the cross is about. The perfect man dying for the imperfect person. That's what the cross is all about. We can live in freedom if we allow that blood of Christ to wash over us. And we can live free of unforgiveness. God knows how unforgiveness sucks all your energy and it ties you up in knots. And when we talk about getting real here at LifeGate, we mean being honest. We must be honest. And that will mean that if you harbour unforgiveness in your life, then you need to firstly acknowledge and confess it and take action. You see, the roadblock of forgiveness needs to be smashed down. It needs to be taken out so that you can feel it and experience it. Which means... You need to forgive the person or the person that hurts you. Have a look at this. Lewis Smead said this. To forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that the prisoner was you. That is so true. That's why Jesus wants you to forgive. He knows that when you don't, you are a prisoner to that person. Now that person may have died. That person might have moved on. You might never have had to do that person again. But they've got you in their prison. Get out of that prison. Release that person. Forgive that person. Doesn't mean excuse what they did. What they did was probably horrible and disaster. They might even deserve what God brings on them. But leave that in his court. He's the one that will deal. You, to get out of your prison, need to forgive. You will find real freedom when you forgive. Well, I'm going to ask the worship team to come forward. Please come forward. You see, getting real and taking action means doing something about it. So we're going to have people at the front that you can pray with. Now, first of all, I just want to mention to the, the group that I talked about before, if you do not know who Jesus is and you need to learn about what this forgiveness is, come forward. We want to talk with you. This is what today's about, getting free, getting free.
Jesus wants you to know that he died on the cross that you can be forgiven of your sin. You can get that yuck and that mess and that weight gone. It was on the cross. It was all on the cross for you. You can stand clean and white and pure. It's wonderful. You need to get real. That means confess your sins and you need to take action. Turn around, change your ways. It's the word of the good news. So if you want to talk to someone about freedom, it can be yours today, you come forward. Now, I also want to invite anyone who's caught in this unforgiveness trap to come forward for prayer. You know, is there someone in your life that you need to forgive? Is there someone in your life you need to forgive? I think you need to come down and have prayer because healing starts by getting real and taking action. That's the invitation God has for us. One more saying. Forgiveness does not change the past, but it does enlarge your future. You know, God has a great future for you. He wants you to go forward in the blessings that he has. We still live in a fallen world, but he has release for you. That's the promise of God. Not of Ken Woolley. That is the promise of God. Do you want a better future? One that opens up to freedom and purpose? Then you need to come. You can only approach this though in the power of the Holy Spirit and this is what these people are going to pray for you. Because it's the Spirit that does the change in your life. Isn't that good that it's not up to you? Isn't it good it's not up to your friends? It's up to the Holy Spirit. God, the Holy Spirit, will give you the strength to move forward. That's why Jesus went back when he rose after he rose again. That we can have the power to live the freedom he has offered us. Let's pray. Great God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you that the cross, at the cross, our sins were paid for. And that we have been forgiven. Father God, we thank you that when Christ rose again and went back to seat in the power and the glory next to God in heaven, that he sent his spirit to come and to live within each one of us to enable us to live out this forgiven life. We praise you for that. May we take this message that you have implanted into our hearts today into Friday as we go our way. Challenge us. Don't let it stop. Let us consider our lives and see how we can live in the freedom and the purpose you have brought us. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. You come forward now if you want to pray or would like someone to pray for you. Otherwise, be released. Have a wonderful Friday. And hopefully we'll see you on Sunday. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see.